Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit. And you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. 
And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And, and no matter where you're listening, we're glad you're here. Welcome Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, however you're listening. Thank you for being here. And uh, don't forget just to follow and friend and like us on all those social media channels as you can just simply search Sewing Hope and to find us. Uh, so Anne, my co-host, is always here with me. Anne DeSantis, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm great, Bill. Thank you so much. Great to be here. It is. It is. It's a gloomy, rainy day here in Wisconsin, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> I should be more positive. But yeah, it's fall. It's beautiful, honestly. Thanks good. for asking. Very good. And I, we have a wonderful guest. Why don't you tell us about her tonight? Yes, I'm, I'm very, very excited as we have Rachel Harkins Ullman. And Rachel serves as the executive director of the Given Institute, a non- profit organization that seeks to activate the gifts of young adult women for the church and for the world. Prior to joining Given, Rachel worked in the Archdiocese of Baltimore for over 12 years, supporting parishes and schools with their advancement efforts. Rachel also taught theology courses in Catholic schools and served as campus minister at Mount DeSales Academy under the leadership of the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia. She's a graduate of Franciscan University of Subaville, where she ma majored in theology and catechetics and obtained her master's in education administration from Johns Hopkins University. Rachel is a harpist and has traveled to Australia, Israel, and all over Europe. Favorite cities being Rome, Lourdes, and Fatima. Her greatest source of joy in her is her husband, Tony, and her children, Evangeline, Cooper, and Theodore. And you can learn more about the Given Institute at giveninstitute.com. What a bio. I mean, you're, you're amazing. And I'm just so excited about this podcast because we do have so much to talk about. So first, how are you doing, Rachel? Oh, I'm great. Thank you, Bill and Ann, for having me. And and you pronounced everything so perfectly in my bio. I know some of, some of the names sometimes can be hard to pronounce, but you were spot on. Great job. You're definitely a radio host, Ann. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I do my best. That's where God comes in, right? Amen. So, <laughs> really happy to be here tonight. And I know when I was looking at the calendar, and obviously we all lead busy lives, and today is a very special day being Pope St. John Paul II's feast day. And I'm just really honored to be here with you and talk about my faith and obviously the ministry of the Given Institute. But I'd really love to honor such an amazing man tonight as Amen. well. Oh, and I totally agree. I mean, October 22nd is just a very special day, and it's been all over social media today. The beautiful pictures of St. John Paul II. He means so much to, I think, all of us that are listening to this podcast and our fans um, for Sewing Hope. So, hey, Rachel, we'd love to hear about you and your journey in faith. That's another show that I do. We should talk about that later. <laughs> Journey and Faith is on Fiat Ministry Network on Friday nights at 830. So I'd uh, love to have you there too. But tell us about your own journey in faith, if you would. Yeah, I'd love to share that. I feel so honored and blessed in the generosity of the Lord that I've had faith since I was a child. So I was raised by two wonderful Catholic parents 
who not only took me to mass every Sunday, but they also prayed with me every day. It was just a part of what we breathed day in and day out, not just praying before meals, but we would pray the rosary, read the scriptures together. And something really unique about my childhood and my faith experience is that we were a part of a interdenominational Christian community as well. So we would go to mass in the morning and then every Sunday after afternoon, we would go to a prayer meeting. And so growing up, not only was I really steeped in the traditions of our Catholic faith, but I also really experienced from a young age a vibrant faith life among the laity, which was really important as a young person that I could see my parents and their peers really supporting one another in faith and praying for deep needs that they all had. And my parents would have a list of all the names of the persons in their prayer community. And every night they would pray for these persons by name. And so I saw that deep commitment of faith from a very young age. And and that was the beginning of my faith journey. But then also my parents made a lot of great sacrifices to send me to Catholic school. So my education also came uh, with my faith infused every day in the classroom as well. And I'm very grateful I was educated by uh, the Dominican sisters from Nashville, Tennessee. I know I mentioned them before in my bio, but also I attended Franciscan University. So, of course, the Franciscan um, methodology was, you know, infused into my education. So I have been a Catholic since the cradle. (laughs) Wow, what a story. Thank you so much for sharing. And we've had uh, quite a few guests from Steubenville as well. I know Bill even interviewed on his other podcast podcast. Young Catholics respond, Scott Hahn, Dr. Scott Hahn himself. So that was also a blessing. Um, but but it what a what a wonderful blessing it is for you that you grew up in that home where the Lord was so important, the sacraments and living out your Catholic faith. Um, I'm sure that looking back, you see such great uh, blessing coming right from God that your parents really cared that much about you and your faith. Yes. Uh, tell us more about that, because I just think that's really incredible in today's world where there are people who decide at a young age that they don't want anything to do with religion or with going to church or praying or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll also share about a big turning point, you know, and I'm, I know that every cradle Catholic can probably point to a moment in time or a specific experience where they accepted Jesus Christ into their heart, you know, and really activated their faith life as their own decision, right? Separate from what mommy and daddy taught me. (laughs) And so that, that moment for me, I was 16 years old and I was on a leadership retreat and um, it was a a faith-based event and I went to confession and Um, when I was in the confessional, you know, go through the whole process. And then at the very end, the priest laid his hands on my head for absolution. And then afterwards he said, Rachel, I had a vision while I was praying over you. Whoa, (laughs) a vision, you know, I'm 16 years old. What does that mean? And, uh, and the priest said, I see that you are hiding behind a rose bush and the Lord is asking you to step out from behind the bush and to be a big bright rose on the front. 
and I'm 16, you know, and I'm overwhelmed. And so I say, thank you, Father. (laughs) And I leave the confessional and then I go into the adoration chapel and I'm saying my penance and I'm kneeling before the Lord in the Eucharist. And that moment happened. That moment hit my heart. It hit my soul. It hit every fiber of my being where I knew that Jesus Christ was real, that I was kneeling before him in the flesh, right? And that he had asked me to do something, that he had commissioned me. And that was a really powerful moment. It wasn't just a um, falling in love with Jesus moment. It was a leadership call moment in my life. And so I uh, really dropped everything and I said, yes. (laughs) And from then on, uh, but prior to that, I had been pretty shy and uh, more recluse, so to speak. And then at that moment, I said, Lord, this is what you're asking. I'm going to do it. And right away, I launched into different leadership positions and opportunities as a senior in high school and then moving on into my my future. So that moment was really pivotal where I took Jesus Christ into my heart and said, I'm going to do what you say, Lord. (laughs) Wow. You can't ask for more than that, honestly. Um, Bill and I have interviewed, I don't know what episode we're up to, but how many people we we interviewed, you just can't ask for any more than the fact that God speaks to you directly in your heart and where you act on it. And it's that stepping forward in faith where you acted on it was where really the Holy Spirit was at work. So, uh, and I know that's why we're here on this podcast, because you're doing incredible work with the Given Institute and... Um, excited to hear more about that. Um, before we jump into the Given Institute, though, I, I wondered if you could share a little bit about your family. You mentioned your kids, mm-hmm. and my husband. We'd love to know more about your family life. Oh, I can always talk about them. <laughs> uh, my my husband and I, we've been married for six years now, and we actually met uh, because I was teaching at a Catholic high school in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and he was a coach of one of the sporting teams. So, you know, love happened uh, in the Catholic school world, which was pretty cute. And then uh, we got married and then soon started our family. We have three children. We have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son, and then a newborn who, little Teddy, is four months old. (laughs) So we are both uh, somewhat operating on little sleep because that's life with a newborn, but we're very blessed and, and very happy. And that's something that I really try to share, not just with the young women of Given, but just in my everyday interactions with folks in the grocery store, wherever I am to show the the depth of love that I am blessed with because of my family, you know, and sometimes you, you don't see that very often. We're in a very a divided world. We're in a world of hurt right now. And I, actually going through COVID together as <laughs> husband and wife and three little kids, well, you know, two, and then the third one came in the middle of COVID, <laughs> but being stuck together in the house, literally was a big uh, moment of, are we going to do this? You know, are we going to face this and we're going to be happy? And we were tested. I think every human was tested during COVID, right? And we came out stronger because of it. And I know a lot of that is because of the sacrament (laughs) of marriage, right? And a life of prayer in in our household. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's really beautiful. It really is beautiful because uh, who are we without 
our families and without our faith. You know, all of us do work. Um, you know, even for those who are stay-at-home parents, they're still working, right? Because you're working for your vocation and your family. But no matter what you do, if you do work outside of the home, where would we be without the home base, right? Yes. And so thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful story about how you and your husband met and your three beautiful children. So we do, we always appreciate to know those personal stories. So um, take us on a journey about the Given Institute then too. I mean, how did that all come about? Love to hear the, the development of it. Yeah. Well, I'll first share the history of Gibbon itself, and then I'll share my personal story of how I became involved. But uh, to take us back to 2015 was the year of consecrated life universally that Pope Francis had called for. And at that time, a um, philanthropic foundation gave a large grant to the CMSWR, and that it stands for the Council of Major Superiors of Women Religious. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but ultimately they are a collaborative body of religious sister communities here in the United States. And uh, as a result of this large grant to really honor consecrated women in that year, they uh, decided that they were going to use the monies to host the inaugural given forum, which took place in the summer of 2016. And it was a leadership training faith formation event for young adult women ages 21 to 30. And that inaugural forum brought over 300 young adult women from across the country. Every state was represented. They came to Washington, D.C. at Catholic University and received a real deep faith formation and leadership training from top Catholic female leaders, both lay and religious. And so that event, <laughs> the amazing thing is that was supposed to be a one-time deal, right? The sisters received this grant, we're going to host this event, and we're done. But uh, amazingly, the Holy Spirit had a different plan because the event was so successful that the women just clamored for the sisters to continue the mission of giving. And so the sisters, knowing that this wasn't in their wheelhouse in terms of their everyday apostolate, right, they said, we're going to use the remaining funds from the grant to make a separately incorporated institute called the Given Institute. So we were formally incorporated in 2018, and as a result, then hosted the next given forum, which took place in the summer of 2019, and I am the executive director that continues this mission forward. And I know it's an interesting history, and then COVID made it even crazier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we were supposed to have a forum this past summer, 2020, right. and we had to postpone it to 2021. So you can't beat our story. It's so strange. Right. Well, you know, it always takes three to five years to start anything, right? It always takes three to five years to start anything. And, and when you begin that process, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to have this certain trajectory. <laughs> and then, um, oh, by the way, we're going to shut everything down <laughs> over the next, you know, it, it's been, gosh, you know, crazy, uh, seven months almost now of, of this, you know, eight months of this. And it's just wild. But, uh, but, but the work is so important, right? I mean, the work and, and, and the dedication to helping form young women in their faith. Uh, and, and obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, focus on vocational, um, you know, uh, 
discernment during that, whether that's you know religious uh, religious life or motherhood. Um, but 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 talk about the um, the state of the young woman in in today's culture, because I think uh, you have some very interesting quotes and some things on the website that that are just very interesting. So talk a little bit about what um, what, what what is the state of of the young woman in today's world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the research shows that um, it's not good. <laughs> and yeah, you can even, uh, you know, go on our website under why given and we have all of the research there that shows that the millennial Catholic Church obviously uh, is often um, disaffiliated uh, with going to mass and a lot of vocational decisions are being delayed. And we, we see the studies that um, people are choosing to get married much later in life. There's this emerging adulthood going on for young people in their 20s where they are delaying commitment to possible states in life and possible vocational discernment. So when the religious sisters founded Given, they truly looked at what was going on in the state of the church and the state of women and seeing that this decade of your 20s, which is very tumultuous, a lot of change happens, right? And the sisters said, we don't see an apostolate out there to specifically serve this these women. There's great college campus ministry programs. There's wonderful kind of parish small groups and support for women when they're more settled in their motherhood or in a neighborhood in the suburbs, so to speak, right? But the women who are just graduating from college and they're moving all over the country, they can't really lock down in a parish, so to speak, you know? Right. Their life is so transitional. They said, we need to serve them. So that's what Given is all about. It's about serving women and helping them to discover the gift only they can give, to discover what it is that God has placed on their hearts, their unique and unrepeatable gifts, and how to then put them at the service of the gospel for others. Awesome. I'm excited about this because I will admit I have two daughters in this age bracket. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my my daughter Elaine is exactly what you just described to an absolute T. She just graduated from college in 2019 uh, with her degree in theology from DeSales University. Oh, she did a year of net ministries, which I'm sure you probably may have I love heard. net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did a year of net ministries and uh, now she's working full time at a church as a director of religious education. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she's going to love me to give her whole life story on this podcast, <laughs> so I won't. But <laughs> but at the end of the day, you described her and my other daughter's a senior in college and um, she, she's a degree in communication. Uh, and and, you know. I understand exactly what you're saying about this age group right now in today's world, because I'm a mother of them and, and you see how they're being torn between their faith and the, the idea of vocation, right? I mean, because the society only teaches about occupation. They don't teach about vocation. They don't teach the importance of, Hey, well, what if you do find the right person and you do settle down and have kids And what will that all be like? Or what if you do wind up wanting to get involved in religious life or whatever like that? So, I mean, you understand that better than I do. But me being the mother, I I can see the other side. 
And, and you are absolutely right that it is a difficult thing for young people in the culture. And, you know, my kids were raised, honestly, you described how you were raised with your parents and prayer. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was daily mass, you know, prayed every single night. We talked about God all the time in our house, mm-hmm. went to adoration all the time. So, I mean, they were raised in that world, but yet I know that it's hard for even for them to, because it's two different worlds. Like you said, it's the culture which says, hey, it's all about you. It's all about making a lot of money or having a good time with your friends. It's not really about thinking about your future, about your relationship with God and what God wants from you from your life. Right. Absolutely right. And I have to mention JP too. Please do. (laughs) Please do. Just said, because uh, certainly womanhood is being chattered about all the time right now with what's going on in the news. And certainly with the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett, you know, this whole idea of motherhood and the balance with a career and the vocation to motherhood is on full display, right? And yes. the interesting thing is I've just heard a lot of commentary about how um, what the world tells women, what we have been fed for so long is autonomous feminism, right? Which is self-serving and it's about me and controlling my body, right? Controlling my choices, controlling my future, okay? But JP2 called for a new feminism, right? And he talks about that in his documents. He talks about it in Letter to Women and Molieris Dignitatum and, you know, Redemptoris Mater, the best example of virginity and motherhood is the blessed mother, right? So he talks about and called for this new feminism. And I think we are actually seeing an icon of that for the first time on the main stage. And that is in Amy. And it's really exciting that possibly young women, you know, not just women involved in the Given Institute, but women uh, in any social sector, right, can look to her and see not, not this idea of a woman can have it all. Okay. I I don't want to promote that. I want to promote that a woman can give it all. She can give all of her gifts at the service of the gospel. And if it be that she's called to religious life, if it be that she's called to motherhood, a physical motherhood, right? If it's through a a career, a professional career, that she can give of all of her gifts, right? And we have to have the support systems in place so that a woman can be able to do that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's incredible. And, um, and, you know, I'm looking at even my own life because we are all faced with the idea of a career woman or someone who's home, right, with the kids. And the the point of it is, is that I don't think that that choice necessarily has to be made because like, say you're, for instance, you are working with a given institute and you you do have a career, but you have your beautiful three children yeah. You know, and they're the, they are your primary vocation. Amen. They, they are your primary life. Yeah. My, my four month old can only. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and right? I'm working quite a beyond 40 hour a week job. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so I guess point being is that 
I think in my generation who, you know, grew up in more of the 70s and 1980s or whatever and college in the 1980s was that we had that whole like, okay, you're either going to do one or the other. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. But when you look at somebody like you, uh, uh, Rachel, I think you're a perfect example. And Amy Coney Barrett too, right? That you can still have a career, but remember that that vocation is that calling. And you're everything I'm sure that you're doing, Rachel, right, is because you love your family so much yeah. and you want to give the gifts that you've gotten from them, you want to give to others through the Given Institute. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we talk at Given about your vocation, your personal vocation is, is ultimately different than your state in life. Okay. So my state in life is that I am a married woman (laughs) and I am a physical mother. Right. Okay. But my vocation, my personal vocation is that God has gifted me with unique gifts that only I can give only Rachel Allman can give these gifts. And so, you know, some of those gifts are, I'm a harpist. Okay. Not, not many other people are harpists. Mm, I want to hear more about that too. (laughs) Another example is that I uh, really love public speaking. You know, I really love sharing the gospel. I really love sharing the good news of our faith in Jesus Christ. And ultimately, the dignity and vocation of woman, right? And that is what I seek to do, not just through my marriage and my children, but through my everyday life, which sometimes means a paycheck for a job. (laughs) So I think that's incredibly important with the young women that we work with is that well, you don't come to the given forum to, at the end of the day, decide your state in life. Okay. You might, that might be a result, but you're coming to really discover your personal vocation. You discover those gifts that God has given you and how you use them for the good of others. Well, and that's beautiful. I think that, um, you know, the, you know, the way you said it so perfectly earlier was that, you know, you want to have women give it all. Right. Yes. You know, instead of having it all. And, and man, that is that is um, so countercultural. What you're talking ah. about is so <laughs> countercultural that it's just absolutely uh, mind boggling to our society. And that's, you know, bringing up uh, the, the Supreme Court nominee uh, again, Amy Coney Barrett. You 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 look at that and the world is just completely confounded. I mean, I, I love the picture, and I'm sure people have seen it on social media. I love the picture of her holding up a blank tablet of, oh. of paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> like 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 I just love it because because here it is. The, and and if you watch the exchange, I mean not just seeing the picture and, and the meme, but uh, but if you watch the exchange between her and uh, I believe it's a senator from Texas uh, that is asking the question, he asks her, what 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 are you referring to? What what notes? I mean, most of us have lots of pages here, and you know, like your record in front of us. And, and she's going, um, "This page is blank." Well, is there anything written on it? Uh, and she says, "United States Senate, right?" <laughs> right? And like that's the letterhead. The letterhead. The letterhead right. right? Yeah. She goes, "The letterhead, the United States Senate," and. And, and, and you see this incredible poise and, and a woman that has given it all, right? She's given it all to her to her family and she's given it all to her uh, to her career in 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 you know as one of the most respected jurists in 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 uh, in history, right? Like that that's who we're dealing with. And so and so when you see this, uh, you you see a woman who has given it all. 
and and uh, you know removing all of the politics from it. You that is what if you're able to strip all the politics away on either side, and you're able just to look at that. That that is what you'll see. And so uh, it's it's so crucial that that you are uh, creating a place for 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 women to be able to uh, discover those gifts and unlock those gifts within themselves uh, mm-hmm. through the grace of the Holy Spirit so that uh, so that they can do exactly that. You know, I mean, it, this, this should be a transformative experience, right? This should be a transforming uh, experience uh, for, for the young women that, that encounter the Given Institute. So, so thank you. It's just amazing. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The work no, you're right, Bill. I mean, we are trying to unleash the feminine genius. <laughs> yes, and I'm, is- I'm not sure there's a better image than Amy holding up the blank notepad. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right there is encapsulated that there's no hidden agenda. Right. She there aren't talking heads behind her feeding lines. Right. Right. That it's truly coming out of a heart of service. Right. And that that's what we seek to do with the women of the Given Institute is we seek to help them unlock, unleash their feminine genius, because we all can be leaders. Every single woman can be a leader. And she really just needs to receive the formation and the training and ultimately the support to be able to do those things. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that support. I mean, you know, because because I think, you know, we often hear from. Uh, society, well, they have to, you know, they have to have this support. They have to have that support. Well, what is the support that God wants to give women? Uh, mm. What What is that support that he wants to give women? Yeah, well, there's so many things that need to happen that, that still haven't yet happened. I mean, I can talk about right. specific policies that I think would be helpful to be in place, you know, paid family leave, for example. But but the support that really should be there is that if all men and women looked at one another with the true dignity and respect that they deserve. Oh, <laughs> I, oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you. Thank you I mean, JP2 talked about it. JP2 talked about complementarity, right? And if we made a shift away from competition, to complementarity, guess what? We would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> oh no! So I, that's I, the support we need. I completely agree with you wholeheartedly. And you know, I even look at at this podcast itself and how this podcast started, Bill. I thinking about that too because the how God worked in the fact that we had a pandemic, and God put it placed it in my own heart about doing something with another person to do a podcast. And I brought that idea to Bill. And at the time, Bill wasn't able to do it at first. This is a side story, right? We've told this how many times. And then events happened in Bill's life that opened up his schedule and he was able to do it. But I look at that and say, that's one example is even this very podcast. And the way that it came together is how we're using two talents from different cities, right? I'm coming from Philadelphia. He's coming from Wisconsin. And we've been able to get people uh, on this podcast from all different age ranges, mm-hmm. all different, um, mostly Catholic and mostly Christian. But we have had people that are not Christian. We had, uh, no, we had a Jewish guest before. 
and have had other people talk about other elements of their life aside from faith. Right, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, um, so it, to me, when you're saying that whole complementary and how we can work together, I think of this, I think of sowing hope, um, and what you're doing. I mean, what you're doing about really making that outreach to women because you're fighting the culture, the culture that says, you know what, just go out and have a good time with your friends in your twenties, right? You know, just live at home with your parents and, you know, have fun while you can wait to have, you know, to pick your vocation or, or to have settled down and have a family. Mm-hmm. Right. And the given Institute and really our faith tells us something different, right? Our faith tells us something much different than that. Yeah. And something when we work with um, the young adults who come to the given forum. So the majority of the women are single are unmarried women. Some are committed. They are about to enter religious life uh, later in the summer. We have some women who are engaged, you know, and some young mothers, married women who are young mothers, but the majority of them are single and a resounding um, plea that comes from these women is that, oh, I, I, I don't know where I am. I'm drifting <laughs> and I feel lost and I, I have to make a decision, right? And we say, no, wait a second, wait a second. Being single doesn't mean your gifts are on hold, okay? You can use your gifts now. You can use your gifts at any time in your life. And especially as a woman, our uh, vocation, our states in life often can change. You know, I think about as a, as a mother, right? My time restraints are very different at different points in my life. You know, I now have young children who are school age children. I'm currently breastfeeding. You know, my time is limited in in a sense, right? I can't hop on a plane tomorrow, okay? Uh, Nobody can because of COVID, right? It's very different. (laughs) But I'm just saying how we have stages in our lives, you know, and I think about the cycle of a woman, you know, those stages are varied. And I love that that there's a beautiful story in Jennifer Fulweiler's book that came out recently, Your Blue Flame. And she talks about an elderly woman that she was speaking with in her 90s. And this woman, um, you know, would struggled with, I'm not useful anymore. You know, I get my, my, the things I used to do, I can't physically do anymore. I guess my gifts are done. Right. And then she started to write letters to people that she interacted with her dentist, you know, the, the mailman, she would write them thank you letters and affirm them for what a great job they did that day. And then she started to really fall in love with this new task, this new vocation, so to speak, right? And she then realized that her blue flame was this. And it, and it was so fruitful and it was so helpful to others. She was giving of her small little gift to others. And it was so fruitful. And then the beautiful part of the story is that Jennifer then shares that the 90-year-old woman found that this actually was the most satisfying of everything she had done previously in her life. And so that's just a message that I want to share with single young adult women is that your gifts aren't on hold. You can use them now. That's right. Because I think, uh, Sometimes all of us, and I don't even think it's just women in their 20s. I think that in American culture, we have this idea of the perfect happiness or the perfect 
home, the perfect relationships, uh, the perfect job. And, you know, you miss out on a lot. I think when you, when you have these visions of like what life's going to be like when I get to this point mm-hmm. and then you realize that, you know what, even in the mess that you're in right now, whatever that is, mm-hmm. God is still there. God is still giving you good things, right? God is still blessing you no matter what has happened in your life. And that's really honestly what sowing hope is all about. You know, the Sewing Hope podcast is all about uh, really, as Bill has said many times, and the tagline is sowing hope into broken hearts, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, none of us has been given a perfect life. We've been given perfect love from God, though, right? Mm-hmm. The perfect love is there. It's a matter of just realizing that while we're here on earth, life isn't going to be heaven. <laughs> Maybe that's the way, best way to say it. It's not You're right. And I used to, when I was a teacher, I used to tell my students that you will always be disappointed by other human beings. <laughs> mm. You'll be disappointed by your parents, by your best friends, by your lovers, whoever that might be, right? You're going to be disappointed by everybody, but you know who will never disappoint you? And that's Jesus Christ. And so to maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing you could do. It's the most important choice you can make every day when you wake up. Yeah. And it's oh, a daily thank you choice. For saying that. It's a daily choice too, right? It is. Oh, and- absolutely. Absolutely. And I find that, you know, working with the young women um, in the Given Institute is, uh, of course, we all have to make that daily choice, but to be surrounded by a community of others who are striving for holiness, you know, to be surrounded by other women, both your own peer network and then the mentors that we have, the religious sisters and the lay leaders, to be surrounded by that strong community of women that are seeking Christ's face every day, you know, they're seeking holiness every day is the greatest boost ever. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine. It's like the greatest unleashing moment ever to be surrounded in that. I like to call it like a cloud of witnesses, you know, like you're literally Mm -hmm. experiencing what heaven will be like someday. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talk a little bit about the, the, the structure of, I, I, I know you've been missing out, um, on uh, you know the the institute this year with with COVID happening, uh, but but talk a little bit about the structure or a little bit more about the structure of the given institute weekends or the or the given forums that you are uh, you know p- putting out there so that there there's probably some young women I always say that the that the Holy Spirit is making divine appointments uh, with with our podcast right there's somebody tuning in right now going oh I got I've got to do this I've got to get you know I, I I you know I love this content so how do how how is the structure? Just give a little bit more of a, you know, you know, lift the veil a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, our annual given forum takes place in the summer. And so next year it will be June 9 to 13 at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. The great thing is that applications open 
on Monday. <laughs> so this podcast was perfect. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So oh, if you are a woman, yeah, ages 21 to 30, hop on our website on Monday and you'll be able to apply to come. And how that process works is that we at the Given Institute, we review all of the applications, but we only accept a cohort of around 120 young adult women to come. And we intentionally have that, what I call a small group, you know, these days, 120 sounds big. <laughs> right? So we're all in socially distanced events, but, yes. um, but our cohort of 120 each year, then come to the five days of faith formation leadership training. And you can go on our website. We've got the speaker lineup all up there. It's really impressive. And then ultimately at the end of the forum, each young woman is paired with a mentor. So she's paired with a religious sister or a lay leader who works with her on a monthly basis, an entire year after the forum. So when you apply and then if you are accepted to come, you not only get a five-day event, right, but you also are receiving a mentor for an entire year after the forum. And the purpose of the mentoring program is spiritual, professional, and personal development. So those gifts that young woman is seeking to activate, you not just have that happen at the five-day event, but you also have that ongoing formation during your mentoring year, which is really special. And the other piece too that I just also wanted to promote is that we do have local gatherings. So if you are not in that age group or you're not able to um, attend next summer, we do have local events that are happening all across the country. And it's actually on December 12th, which is Our Lady of Guadalupe's feast day. <laughs> so she's our patroness and we are having Guadalupe parties all over the country. You can go on our website and see uh, which events have already um, uh, been released and upcoming, but it's a great way to socialize with other Catholic women, to pray to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and also we're going to have some fun uh, crafts and activities all focused around Catholic female leaders. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, that's just so exciting. Uh, now that I know a lot more about it, I, I'm personally happy to help promote for you too, because oh, I, thank you. I just, I think you're doing beautiful work. And and as I said, I'm the mother of of girls in their 20s. And uh, you know that when this podcast is over, I'm going to say something. I was going <laughs> to say, you better text them right away. <laughs> I need to text them. They're in the house. <laughs> I'll just walk down the hall. Love it. But Good. yeah, yeah, it, it sounds wonderful. Now, what about the mentors? Like, what if, um, how, how do you get the mentors to be interested in working with you? Yeah. Well, certainly the majority of our mentors are religious sisters, and that's because of our founding. You know, we were founded by the Council of Major Superiors of Women Religious. So all of those communities every year are invited to send um, sisters to the event to not only be there as a support system during the five days, but also to serve as mentors year round afterwards. Yeah. So last year, two, 2019, we had about 50 religious sisters that served as mentors. And we look for about that amount again for this upcoming year. Uh, in terms of the lay women who serve as mentors, they go through an application process as well as the young adults. So we screen everybody that comes to Given. 
<laughs> but the lay women, they can apply on our website. But ultimately, what we're looking for in terms of mentors is about at least eight years of experience in whatever your vocation is. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you have a certain professional career, whatever that might be, right? You're about eight years in, okay? But that also you are witnessing leadership skills, okay? That certainly you're a woman of the gospel, that you're faithful to the teachings of the church, okay? But that you have always been exhibiting leadership qualities to other women in your local network. That, that's what we're looking for in terms of mentors. So we have had 25 lay mentors at the 2019 forum last year. And we look forward to next year having um, at least that amount, if not more, we actually had more applications than we could accept in 2020. And because we do have spacing, um, you know, limitations, we can't always take all the mentors that apply, right. But with these local events that are really kind of growing, and also our online programming is really booming. We have other opportunities for mentors to get involved beyond coming to the forum and mentoring that cohort mm. for the Art of Accompaniment year. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I, I mean, uh, and I might be personally interested in finding out more. I, th I think good. it sounds really good. Yeah, I like, yeah, I really like it. And um, it's so needed because let's face it, I think conversion happens more when uh, people need that someone walking with them side by side, most of the time, you know, uh, it, it's not usually in a big crowd of people that people feel some kind of uh, a nudge of the Holy Spirit. I mean, sometimes it happens, right? But when you have somebody there that you can bounce things off of, you can share, you can uh, pray together and be a listening ear, sounding board for the other person, uh, you know, that's where God, I think, really works. So oh, absolutely. And, you know, I believe very firmly in the mentoring program, because when I was in my 20s, and I was feeling lost, kind of like I was explaining before, you know, this emerging adulthood moment. And it wasn't until I gained a mentor, a uh, Catholic female leader as my mentor that really propelled not just my career, but propelled my spiritual life, you know, propelled my personal commitment to what I believed God was asking me to do. And that's because I had someone that I looked up to who was, you know, down the road, right, had already faced these challenges that I was now facing in my 20s, you know, and she could talk me through them. She could be that sounding board, but also give me really firm advice and practical skills. And often I feel that Catholic women uh, go outside of the Catholic sphere to find those opportunities and find those practical leadership skills. And we are offering it from Catholic women at the Given yeah. Institute. And that's something we're really proud of. Yeah, that's... Oh, you have reason to be proud. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I think that's just, as, as we always say, it, it is beautiful. I mean, that is beautiful. Uh, I know, Bill, you were about to say something, too. Oh, I just think I, I just think it's uh, very, very uh, groundbreaking what you're doing. And I, I really encourage those people listening right now uh, to to go in and, and check the 
everything out, the given institute out. There's just so much. Uh, there's so much there um, for for you if you're a young woman, a young Catholic, a young Catholic woman. Uh, I think I be, because in society, it's it society just wants you to drift. Society just wants you to drift. But but you are you are helping women give everything that they have back to society, back to others, back to their vocations, back to their families, back to their God, so that, mm-hmm. so that uh, not only they thrive, but they help everybody else in uh, their, their circles thrive. And it, what, a, what, a great, um, what a great insight from the Holy Spirit. Thank, thank God for that grant, right? Thank God for that grant yes. that enabled this. Uh, <laughs> You know that enabled this, and and yeah. and of course support this. You know, there, there's all there's um, certainly people out there that uh, you know have the financial means to support uh, and keep this work going because I'm sure that it's not because um, I'm sure some of this free. isn't cheap, yeah. right? Uh, so 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 talk yeah. a little bit about that, and you know uh, sure. as well. I I I I do see the donate um, right up on the on, on the website there, so. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, certainly I would like to invite everyone to go on our website, giveninstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube at Given Institute. But my real call to action here is that the young adult women that I've been talking about and who have experienced the Given Forum, we have over 400 alumni who have attended the forum and then ultimately been unleashed, right? And you can actually see the tangible result, and that's because of their action plan. So I hadn't mentioned this yet, but each young adult woman who applies to come to the forum has to apply with an action plan. So that's her one pager. It's her dream casting vision of using her gifts at the service of the gospel. So you can go on our website and look on the action plans tab and read some of these stories of our former graduates, our alumni, and what it is that they are literally doing with their gifts to serve others. And so please check that out. And if you feel so inclined to be generous, to donate to Given, to continue our mission, that would be fabulous, especially as we're moving into opening applications and we do need scholarship money for women to be able to come to the given forum. You know, like I said, we accept about 120 women. We charge a registration fee. However, that doesn't truly cover the cost of the event. Of course not, right? (laughs) They get it at a discount. So uh, scholarship money is something that we are certainly looking for. And on the donate page, you can select an impact investment scholarship. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and just sharing your faith and your and, and your joy and your and your passion for for this uh, for you know for the Lord for the Catholic faith uh, and and calling women and challenging young women uh, to to rise up and and join us. So thank you so much. It's been awesome having you here today, and certainly would love to have you back. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I got to ask JP2 to pray for us and pray for the mission of Given. You know, ultimately, he was the one who championed the dignity and vocation of women. And I wouldn't be here today without him, and neither would be the Given Institute. So, JP2, we love you. (laughs) Amen. 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 And, And I will just echo what Bill said that what you're doing really is groundbreaking. 
And I am also so grateful. And, you know, you're going to be hearing from me <laughs> for what I mentioned during the podcast about my daughters and even maybe me, because I, I would love to learn more about this mentoring idea. Uh, I wondered as we're ending, if you would have any words of advice, maybe we have a young woman who's listening and thinking, you know, I don't know my mission. Uh, would you have any words of advice to uh, someone listening that is thinking, what should I do next? Yeah. Well, I would say that we all have to truly get on our knees and be in silence in front of the Lord. <laughs> because when I shared my story about when I was 16, that was because I truly listened. And so I hope that every young woman would do the same, that she would truly open up her ears, her eyes, and her heart, you know, to really listen to what it is that the Lord might be calling her to do. And it might be radical. <laughs> it might be a game changer in her life. And to be able to be uh, almost, um, you know, embrace the abandon, right, that might take place, embrace that, to have courage, to have confidence and have strength that the Lord will never disappoint you. When he calls you to do something, it's not in vain <laughs> that he will not disappoint you. So that, that would be my advice. Thank you. That's beautiful advice. Come back again to Journeys and, uh, excuse me, to uh, Sewing Hope. I say Journeys and Patients. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other show. We have to get in touch about that one. Uh, but God bless you. God bless everyone at the, uh, the Given Institute and your family, your husband, and your three children. Thank you so much again. Well, thanks, Anne. Thanks, Bill. Of course. Well, folks, uh, thank you for listening uh, this evening. And again, if uh, if you missed any of those emails uh, or anything to get in touch with Rachel, uh, you can always email us, sewinghope at patchworkheart.org. Uh, so thanks so much, everybody. And until next time, from all of us, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sewing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.